This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my mother and co-host... Dr. Gloria Horsley. And Heidi, we have got a great uh, one of our Open to Hope authors today, Beth Marshall. I'm excited about that and uh, Tika Talent. Yes, Mom. I'm excited to do a show that we have not done many of, and that's talking about the loss of a pet. And like you said, Beth, and, and we've been friends with Beth for several years now, and she's one of our writers, and we absolutely love having her on the show. And we are going to be here today with somebody that we haven't had on before, but it's someone that she co-authored a book with. And the name of the book was written by Tika Talent and Beth Marshall, and it is called Overcoming the Loss of a Pet. Tika Talent and Beth Marshall understand that for many people, pets are family. And when a family member dies, the grief is real. In their new book, Overcoming the Loss of a Pet, this was created along with Open to Hope author Beth Marshall. They both journal, It's a journal-style book, and it was designed to help pet lovers reflect, save photos, and honor their beloved pet. And it is a wonderful, wonderful book. And we want to welcome Tika and Beth to the show. Hi, ladies. This is Beth. And this is Tika. We're thrilled <laughs> to join you all today. Oh, it's great to have you on. I am a great pet lover, as Heidi knows. I've had a lot of pets in my lifetime. And uh, I love, Heidi's been uh, telling me some of your ideas about pets, and I absolutely love your ideas. They are so great. I don't think people, uh, a lot of people realize how important pets are to people and uh, how much it's sad if you're a pet lover and to lose a pet is really tough. I mean, it's like a family member for sure. So um, it's great that you've written this book. I wondered, Beth, what inspired you? I know you, we've had you on for Grief Survivor, and how did you uh, decide that to write something about uh, pets? This was so interesting. It was almost immediate after writing Grief Survivor. People were journaling in that book and writing, and I got great feedback from different people. But the one question that kept coming back over and over was, when are you going to write a pet book? And I kind of shoved the idea aside, put it aside until we have a friend in Louisiana who has, who owns, they own three funeral homes and also one, um, a home that services families who have lost a pet. It's called Pet Angels. And he had asked me literally for six months. He said, when are you going to write a pet book? When are you going to write a pet book? And I kept telling him, Andy, I don't, at this moment, at this moment in my life, we don't have a pet. And so I don't know that I'm the one to write that. And so when it, the question came the third time, I said, you know what? We're going to find the person to write this because the question has come to me so many times. And that's when my husband and I got together, and the face that came to our mind immediately was Tika Talent. She's a dear friend from our community. And Tika has had pets all her life, but she knows how painful it is to lose one of your animal friends. And so... That's when we decided that we would use her heart for, I mean, it's a great big heart for pets. She's pet-sitting her grand dog right now as we speak, Oscar. <laughs> and, um, and then to, um, you know, take all of her wisdom and then we would combine it into put it in a journaling format 
um, like the Grief Survivor book. So that was our goal. We decided just to, to try to create something that um, someone could actually write through their grief with the death of a pet and to save pictures and do things like they would with another family member. So, Hyde, why don't you, uh, I'm thinking of the pet lovers out there, um, and uh, Chica, I'm thinking yeah. about you're sitting your grand dog. I have a grand dog <laughs> across the street. <laughs> but you, you want to speak with him. He said you're. You've got some great ideas. Heidi, why don't you uh, tease out some of those ideas from the book? Okay. Um, there's there's a lot of them. I love this book because it's it's, you know, each chapter, Mom, is just a few paragraphs. And then, as you know, because we were reading this together over the phone, you can do, there's writing exercises in each chapter. So, you know, and, and Tika and Beth, feel free to, to jump in. But, you know, there's things like um, cleaning, cleaning your house and getting, you know, music going and thinking about your pet. And while you're doing things, thinking about your pet. And the other thing that I love, Mom, we were just talking about this one, getting a stuffed animal to cuddle. Because, you know, pets give us a lot of unconditional love. And they're, you know, they're always, we're holding them a lot. So buying something like an animal, a stuffed animal, just to snuggle with and cuddle with. However, do not name the stuffed animal the same name as the pet that died, you guys were saying, right? Yeah. Right. And that Tika, has, I wanted to ask you, yes. how did you get these ideas? Are these your ideas? Have you done that? I actually did what she was talking about with that Heidi that was speaking just now. Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually went through that with my sister. Um, she lost her dog of 15 years, mm. and that was her baby. I think if you have a dog that's small that you cradle, you know, and your children have grown up, mm-hmm. then you put those feelings you know, and her grandchild is not available to her because of a divorce. So um, you put all those feelings on your pet. And so when her pet died after 15 years and she took such wonderful care of her pet, it couldn't hear, it couldn't see, it couldn't walk. I mean, as long as there was any life, she let it live. But it finally got to the stage that it couldn't live. And it was so sad. And she was devastated. I mean, now, did actually, you have to put her dog down? That's quite a big deal to put your dog down. Well, let it? me tell you this. Not only did they put the dog down, I mean, she lives out in the country. She has horses and all that. She was holding the dog mm-hmm. when her vet came to her home and put it to sleep. Wow. She was holding yeah. it. So yeah, you, that is. So you can yeah. take it to the vet and then leave, say goodbye and leave, and you don't, you're not hands-on during the actual death, you know, but that made it even harder. I mean, once it's alive and once it's not. And so I thought do, do about... You think, do you think, though, it makes it easier in a way? I mean, we had, Heidi knows, we had two dogs, a Lhasa and a Shih Tzu. And yeah. when the Shih Tzu died, I was out of town and my husband took her uh, over to the vet because she was suffering and they put her down while he held her. Oh. And I thought, wow, you know, uh, that's pretty incredible. I haven't had that happen, but I would think uh, for him, I think that he felt pretty good about doing that. Well, either way, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I lost my poodle when I was about 13, and that's a tough age for anything, <laughs> but when I was oh, yeah. about 13, my dad took my poodle to visit a, a client that also had a poodle. And while he was gone, my dog had some food that wasn't good and died. 
Oh, my God. Daddy took him to the vet, of course. I mean, he didn't die there, but he took him to the vet. But when my dad came back, he came back without my dog. And that was devastating. So I can't say which is more devastating. You know, I've never had one been put to sleep in my lap, but they're both very devastating. Well, well, Mm -hmm. I just want to say something about our dogs for a minute because a lot of people out there have had people in their lives die and their their animals play a big important role in their lives and and you know animals are major grief support after you've had the loss of somebody and when my brother died everybody ran away from our family because they didn't know what to say I mean here a 17 year old had died suddenly in a car accident and we got these dogs and it brought people to us because they wanted to see these cute little dogs Jessica and Brittany and so it, it brought a lot of people into our lives and the dogs gave us so much love and they brought in so much joy into a grieving family. Right. And so, you know, there was a lot attached to these dogs. And I think that even made it harder when they died because they right. were the light in our lives after my brother died. Well, that's why I had the idea about getting a stuffed animal. And that was original, mm-hmm. but it really helped her. I got one the size of her dog, and I mailed it to her because she slept with her dog. Mm. You know, and had her arm around the dog, and wow. I know this. Does, I know it sounds sort of silly if you haven't been there, but it did give her something to cuddle because at mm-hmm. that moment you're needing tactile feeling. And that's such husband, a great idea. I'm thinking for people who are listening to this show, because uh, it's not only something you can do for yourself, but something you can do for right. somebody else, and maybe a family member, you know, who is really particularly attached to your dogs uh, uh, or your cat or whatever pet. I know somebody who had a pet pig, actually. Yeah. Wow. Well, and this book is not just for dogs. I mean, it's for all pets. Mm-hmm. So, and I found too, and. My children and I were interested in poetry and researched some of the the authors and some of the poets. And many times when people are in great pain, they can't verbalize their feelings, but they can write. And some of the most beautiful poetry, like from John Keats and, and others, have come from people that are in great pain, like Gregory Orr killed his brother in a hunting accident. And, you know, something like that is unbelievable. And so he ended up, we've been to two of his workshops, and he displaced his, you know, hurt into helping others Mm -hmm. through his writing. And so that's why I thought the writing portion of it would be really... Give us some more of your writing writing exercises, or or Beth, if you... uh, want to give us some of the writing exercises that you particularly like from the book? Chica, one that really stood out to me was to acknowledge the role your pet played in holidays. Yes. And to really encourage the reader that if your dog had a stocking, along with the other Christmas or Hanukkah decorations, whatever, um, to continue that, to include your pet in the conversation. And I think one thing that Chica has taught me that by doing that, by keeping uh, maybe an ornament, something special, it kind of opens the conversation where I think guests in your home will know it is okay to talk about them. Chica, what do you think about that? Because that was one of my favorite chapters. Well, we had ornaments that resemble our dogs, you know, and we continued to put those on the tree. And we always had our dog on our Christmas card. 
And so even after, this was our dog that we had here. Um, and he was a little shizu and so precious to my children and to me. And so we had his picture on our Christmas cards. In fact, sometimes he was the only picture on our Christmas cards. He wasn't with the family. He was the Christmas guard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, wait, Chica, you're saying he trumped your children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they often do. You know, one of the things you guys talked about in the book is using social media to share your loss. And there's nothing that gets more of a reaction than putting a picture of your pet on Facebook. Everybody responds and and everybody loves those kind of pictures of animals on Facebook. It always amazes me. I'll put posts on Facebook about different grief issues um, and about pet issues. And the ones that get the most response are usually pet-related. Mm-hmm, I agree. And I think people love to just be able to jump in and give some support. And it might be a person you haven't heard from for two or three years. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. I, I love that letting the word out. It's really neat. Yeah, but what, what do we do about those people that say, your dog, really? You, I've you never had anyone say that. You know, I've never read that, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I did. I heard this was interesting. It was at a grief conference last month, and a woman came. She was a hospice provider, a professional. She was there to get credits. And at the end of the night, I had a um, an, a copy of the new book out about pets, and she came up almost in a whispered tone, and she said, that's the book I really need. As though wow. she was embarrassed in this room of professionals to admit that she's struggling with the loss of her pet. And she whispers, she said, it's been five months. I should be okay. And I think Mm -hmm. whether our loss is a a person or an animal friend, that shame that people feel is so sad to me and so Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And she was just almost had to kind of come out of the shadows to even tell me this. And I said, oh, my gosh, it's it's really okay to tell people. I think that's one thing that the book does too, Tika, is yes. to let people know the, the commonalities and right. that there are others that have experienced this kind of loss and that you're not alone. Right. And, and I worked with a firefighter family where the firefighter died in 9-11. And for many years, I went into their home and did home visits. And the dog was always there. And the dog was the firefighter that had died, his dog. And when he yeah. died... That the dog died, it was so hard for the family because it was the last living link to the firefighter that had died a few years previously. And the family would just grieve so much, and they grieved the dog's death, and then they revisited their dad's death, who was the firefighter. And, you know, the dog just represented everything that they loved about their dad, too. Now, what about people that say to me, uh, why, why don't you get another dog right away? Tika, you take that one because I think you addressed that in the book. Well, believe it or not, my sister was here last weekend, and she has a new eight-week-old puppy. And that little puppy has teeth of um, steel. (laughs) It really hurts, but it's eight weeks old. It's a little Pomeranian puppy. But when I did ask her about her dog that had died, she still filled up with tears. Mm-hmm. So it's been a year now since her dog died, but it's still painful for her. But she was healed enough to get a new dog. And you don't love your previous dog any less, but it does give you something, besides a stuffed animal, to take care of. And if you're a mom especially, you have that maternal instinct. 
and you just want to care for something. Her husband says it should be him, but <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I was I'm just proud to tell you that she is coming along, and the book did help her, and now she has a new dog. Ah, uh, that's great. And but it was a little while. She didn't just run out and no, get another dog. It took a year for her. And some people, it won't take quite as long. And this wasn't the exact breed. Her dog was a mixture. It was like half palm, and I forget what else, but it was half and half. But what she has now is a pure breed Pomeranian. So it might be better, you know, to get one that's not exactly like your previous dog, or you might want to get one that's exactly like one, like yours. I mean, that's personal. And I also, I also love the the um, the other things you said in the book like getting a dog, about how to find hope again. For example, volunteering at a pet rescue organization, right. creating a legacy, borrowing somebody else's pet, beginning a new hobby. I mean, I love that you address those, and then at the end you say finding hope and peace. Yes. I think that's it. I love the way that you talked about um, finding a place to remember your pet, maybe a memory box or a specific place to put those things in that were important to you. Instead of having things kind of scattered everywhere and getting lost, it's a a place you can go to and really, you know, do what you need to do if you need to cry for a while, if you need to write, but to be close to those things that belong to your pet. Tiga, I loved that idea about the memory box. Well, thank you, and I think um, you, you had mentioned that as well, Beth, in one of your books. For, for people, you know, put, putting some of their things in their, their favorite perfume or their favorite things. But um, when you are doing that cleaning, like you mentioned earlier, one of you ladies mentioned earlier, you will find little remnants, you know, little remnants that they leave because most, most animals that are in the house like to bury and, you know, put their things in a safe place. So you may find things of theirs, and having a memory box is a great place to put them instead of throwing them away. Mm-hmm. And you also talk about getting exercise, and, and I think it was Tika's 92-year-old mother, is that right, who was in the book? <laughs> yes. That was yes. amazing, who was, who was leading exercise classes and from her walker. Yes. And, you know, I think... That's ex- true. That is true. I, I love it, and I think exercise is <laughs> now, so let important. let me repeat that. She was leading exercise well, now, let me let me walker? explain. Let me explain. The way she leads them is she turns on the um, jam box. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're 92, you have a jam box. <laughs> you know, they're low-tech over there. <laughs> I, I, I love this because, you know, the thing is, when we, we've got to keep exercising, think about a dog... You get right. a lot of exercise when you have a dog exactly. because you're constantly walking it. Exactly. And when, you so know, so the, to keep that exercise up even after your so dog true. has died or your, you know, your pet. Well, and another thing that I, the counterpart of that is if you don't exercise and you're staying in the house a lot, because usually you're out of the house if you're exercising. Some people have a gym in their home. I'm not that fortunate, but um, usually you're out of the house if you're walking or running or doing something like that. And the the opposite of that is rolling up into a ball mm-hmm. on some kind of medication. And mm-hmm. that is such a temptation because, I mean, when you go to your doctor, he wants to help you. Right. And, you know, their answer is usually pharmaceutical help, you know, and you don't want to get trapped in, in something like that that, 
you know, even after your pain is gone, then you'll be hooked on drugs. Exactly. So, Beth and Tika, we need we need to wrap up now. Okay. But we want um, to know how to find you for people out there that have had the loss of a pet and are struggling right now. How can they find you? Beth, I'll turn this over to you. Sure. Um, the best way right now is this now, the new book, Overcoming the Loss of a Pet, it is a Grief Survivor brand book. So it is on our Grief Survivor website. So anybody that goes on there can just click on the books page, and there's a drop-down for the pet book. And I'm hoping we'll get, Tika, we need to do this together, is get some more articles on there. Or right. maybe someone open to hope, because I know you guys have a lot of articles for pet loss already. Yeah, um, we'd love to have an article on some of these uh, things that people can do. You have some great ideas. That That's exactly it. Or even just to um, to email um, info at griefsurvivor.com, and we can get back to you and get more information. Great. So um, griefsurvivor.com. Griefsurvivor.com. And I guess it's, I think it's already on your website. It's under my um, writer page. But um, it's oh, good to go with this book because that's where they can find um, Overcoming the Loss of a Pet as well. Yep. And make sure you go to uh, Beth Marshall's uh, site at Open to Hope. She's got some great articles on there. Thank you. Thank you guys for being on the show. It's been awesome. Well, it's been so awesome to talk to you both, and it's it's been such a privilege to work with Beth Marshall. They don't get any better than that. <laughs> I, I agree with that, Tika. Yes, I do too. Beth and Tika, thank you so much, and thank you for taking on a topic that sometimes is minimized and is not discussed enough. Pets are so near and dear to all of us, so thank you very much. Thank you. And Heidi, and I always want to remind everybody that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.